Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something strange, something paranormal, and you want to share your story with us, or if you know of a story you think we should be covering, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Well, tonight we have a pretty cool set of stories from Keith. He starts off talking about his father's Bigfoot encounter and a trackway find of his own that he found near a reservoir. Then he gets into some sleep paralysis stuff, shadow people, and really, really interesting story of a green glowing moth, which actually flew into his chest, he said, during a sleep paralysis incident. Black dog, other things his girlfriend and his brother have seen when sleeping in the same room where he had his experiences. Really, really interesting stuff. If you're playing Strange Familiar's bingo, I believe you have bingo. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tells a story that happened on White Rock's trail, which is the first place I met Mr. Chad. That's where Chad got roared at by something. And Keith tells of a story of going hiking up there and getting screamed at by something. He sounded like it was a woman screaming. Oh. So very, very interesting. So another reason for me to not ever go to White Rock's Trail. (laughs) (laughs) So now I have two separate close personal incidences. Well, there's also copperheads and rattlesnakes. So you might have more than a couple of reasons. It was a really great conversation with Keith. So let's get to it.
Tonight we're talking with Keith, who has some incidents of strangeness he'd like to talk about with us, including one that happened on White Rocks Trail, which you've heard Chad and I uh, visit a couple times here. How are you doing tonight, Keith? I'm doing well, thanks. Do all these events happen in the same general geographic area? Yes and no. I had a lot of stuff happen. A lot of stuff happened where I grew up at, which is about an hour north of where I'm at right now. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff that's happened up north where my family actually has a camp in okay. uh, Allegheny, Allegheny National Forest. Just generally speaking, this is in the western part of Pennsylvania. These stories are yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's some other things that happen in Montana, some little things here and there, but like, yeah, it's generally in Western Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you want to talk about? Do, do you want to go chronologically as best as you can? Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to talk about my, uh, my dad's supposed Bigfoot encounter. Okay, awesome. Which uh, I've been trying to bug him to ask, like bug him about when it exactly happened, but he doesn't quite remember. But I think it happened late 70s, early 80s. That's my best guess. Mm-hmm. So that was before I was born. So, but uh, basically, with that, he was rabbit hunting at my grandmother's—not her property, but the property across from her house, which is—I don't know sure who owns it, but it's just a, a nice wooded area, and people used to ride their dirt bikes and stuff back there. But uh, it was getting dark out; he had no flashlight. He figured, "I'm gonna—I need to get back." It's—he's on a trail that he knows really, really well, and uh, on his way back, he stops all of a sudden and he sees what he thinks is a figure on the trail. So this, he estimates it's probably about 10 feet away from him. And at this point, he thinks that this thing's about six foot tall, maybe, maybe a little taller, but it was dark. He couldn't really tell. It was kind of around like twilight, but a little darker than that. And the dog was the, the giveaway. The dog started freaking out and the dog is, you know, it's a, it's a well-trained dog. It's been rabbit hunting for a long time. And, uh, yeah, so the dog's hiding behind him, and he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what it is. I think he thinks it was a neighbor or somebody who was just happened to be there, mm-hmm. but no one, no one actually stopped and like said anything. I mean, it was standing there, didn't move, didn't smell anything. No one said anything. But the, the fact that the dog was freaking out behind him, it was, it was cowering behind him. Then he was freaked out too. So he started moving around it in a semicircle, and. The whole time just watching this thing and just he just had a bad feeling you know and, and he said this thing it, it never moved and never made a sound but he could tell it was an outline of something something big and i asked him i said well like how big do you think it was and he, he said from shoulder width it was probably three to four feet wow which is obviously obviously not a neighbor you know what i mean unless it was somebody in a big jacket but even then i, I don't yeah. think there's any way you know yeah that's that's a big man yeah the thing that's crazy to me about this is it happened near a, a, a like a, a dam, Beaver Run Dam, actually, which is a reservoir that supplies drinking water to like the entire area. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a popular spot there. Everybody used to go fishing. Well, you weren't a lot of fish, but you can go there and you know they'll go there at night and fish. And you know people get ran out all the time by water company. But it happened near there. And I read a bunch of Stan Gordon's books, and those kinds of types of areas were really big hotspots back in the day. And that's why I wish I'd known exactly what time this happened in the right. 70s or 80s but he just he doesn't really know so I, I can't really correlate it with other sightings in the general area because there was a lot of sightings in that area in that right. like in the specific town that this happened in, you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean well stan writes about the big flap in 73 and 74 mostly yeah. but there mm-hmm. was uh 78 was a big year too across the state 
Oh, really? I just didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, 78 was, was real big. Nice. Where I grew up at, this only happened about like four miles away, probably. And mm-hmm. other incidents happened in the same town that I read in, in his books, and which I thought was pretty interesting because yeah, a lot of weird things happened there. Even where I grew up at, not even a mile over down the road, I lived by, I also lived by a reservoir. And there was also kind of some weird things going on there. A lot of weird sightings of weird things. Um, Bigfoot, Bigfoot sightings across a specific road and like a UFO sighting, all kinds of weird things. So I thought that was pretty interesting too. I don't know if it was, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that has any correlation with the thing that happened four miles away from there, but I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. But as far as that sighting my dad had, he, he didn't say he didn't have specifics about the face or anything like that. Cause it was, it was just so dark. He just saw like a silhouette type figure, you know? Right. And, and he, he's hunted that trail for years and he knows every inch of the trail, even at dark, he, he knew that something shouldn't have been there because he just walked through it maybe two hours before that. So, yeah. But he said he himself, uh, as well as the dog, just got a bad feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the dog, the dog was doing his legs the whole time. And he said that that was very strange to his dog because he did I mean, it was my, uh, my grandfather's dog, which would have been his father-in-law. And yeah, he, he knew that this dog was, it was seeing something that it didn't like, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that but, I mean, checks boxes with other sightings, you know. It's not like my dad. My dad never really came out and said it was Bigfoot. Because, like, he grew up in his woods. He was, you know, he was walking his trap line before he went to school every day. So right. he was, he never saw anything like that. So he's not, he didn't assume it was a Bigfoot thing, you know. But he saw, said it was something he couldn't explain, you know. And it freaked him out. It freaked the dog out. And, and, and what I grew up in that area. I mean, I grew up walking up in those woods. And I never saw anything like that. But I always heard stories. My grandma was telling me, you know, don't go up there. There's gypsies. There's people that will take you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was interesting because I, I liked exploring and I went there all the time, but I never went past a certain spot. It was always just one spot we stopped at. My, my brother and I and were like, yeah, this, this is just too weird, you know? I never saw anything up there, but I think there was some weird things going on back there for sure because it was a big patch of woods too. Right, yeah. Well, what are some of your experiences you can tell us about? Uh, I found some, uh, found some trackways before. Oh, did you? Yeah, I found a trackway in the Allegan National Forest. And uh, actually, I have it on video. I looked at the video today, and it was back in 2015. And it was in, let's see, October. So it was pretty cold out. It was 40 at night, you know, like kind of the weather's getting crappy. It's starting to rain here and there, you know. And the reservoir, uh, we were at the Kansu Dam Reservoir, so it was getting really, really low. I mean, the water level was low that time of year. So, uh my brother and I hike in. I have a twin brother, and we do a lot of backpacking and camping and stuff like that, just as a backstory. So mm-hmm. we're used to we used to exploring the woods and being you know being together, camping all the time. So I uh, we're we're we always film our little adventures, you know. We're uh, we're walking in. We we get to the reservoir and we see it's super low, and we're like, oh, that's cool. Let's let's walk over there see if we can find tracks. And we see bear tracks and deer tracks and you know dead fish, you know skeletons, everything everywhere. And then we see these uh this, these footprints. We're like, you know, the boat, the little cove we were in, it's too shallow for boats to get in and out there this time of year. So we're like, well, why would people be docking their boat and walking around in this mud, you know, right. especially when it's 40 degrees out or whatever, you know, and it's October. And there's no one out there uh, in the boats except people fishing for, like, muskie and, um, you know, uh, fish like that, like cold water fish. So we started seeing these tracks, and we started following these tracks, and we noticed that, there's a couple of different tracks, a couple of different size tracks, but nothing is bigger than maybe a size 12 or 13 shoe. Cause we, I think we had size 12 boots at the time. 
mm-hmm. and nothing was bigger than that. But the fact that they were four plus feet long, it's in, in like a stride right. and the stride seemed like it was walking. It wasn't running. Cause if you're running in mud, you're going to slide. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And these were not sliding. These were like something was walking, but the strides were, were bigger than I can stride, you know? And they, they probably weren't more than a few days old from what we saw and, and what we filmed. Like they looked pretty fresh. About how far did they go the trackway or did you not follow it? So, uh, we, yeah, we followed the whole way cause it, they followed a uh, deer track. It was like a, like a, like a small young deer. They were following the track and they started from the shore and they kind of, they kind of circled into the, in, like into the uh, mud and they went back onto the shore again. So it was probably like a hundred yard arc. Mm-hmm. I was about a hundred yards total. So yeah, so it went out, it went out like the water was really low and you know, it goes out like 50 yards or, or something. So it probably arced out 50, 50 yards in and it walked about a hundred yards total, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So then it went back in the woods. So like we couldn't see any tracks once it got back on shore on like dry land because like right. there was no more mud, so we couldn't follow the track. But it, it was strange that it was following a deer trail the whole time, which I thought that was pretty strange. Yeah, that's really interesting. Could you ever see toes or anything no, in them? Or yes, yeah, so, you, you, so you could see all the toes, and some of them looked normal, like normal toe toes, but other ones looked strange. Like the you'd have a, a digit that was off to the left more than a normal toe, or you know what I mean it. Some of the some of the tracks looked like they were flat. Other ones looked like they had a, like a hill, like a human. So that that was confusing us because like I know that we had, you know we have arch on our foot, and then other ones didn't have an arch. You can tell it was just a flat footprint. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it was just the whole the whole situation was pretty strange. We we did film it and we have it on video, but I I, I wish I can go back and yeah, I would have spent more time there. You know. Oh sure, yeah. We'll be back to our interview with Keith in just a moment. What a great time to be taking classes. And Skillshare is an online learning community. They have thousands of classes. Classes that inspire you, explore new skills, help you find new passions, and get lost in your creativity. You took the Design Great Stuff, How to Make Merch with Draplin class. I did. I think it's great because he talked about really practical advertising campaigns that you can adapt in a more interesting way sort of using things that are commonly available yeah and not spending like in a, a huge abundance of time sourcing things i was looking at the filmmaking from home turnaround found footage into a compelling video by penny lane and i think we're both interested in the perfect grilled cheese <laughs> <laughs> the perfect grilled cheese a mini class to master the sandwich by elena carp I would like to do extra credit. (laughs) Skillshare has classes to fit your schedule and your skill level, whatever that is. They're incredibly affordable, especially when you compare them to in-person classes and workshops, which can be very, very pricey. An annual subscription to Skillshare is less than $10 a month. So if you take 10 classes a month, which you could easily do, it's like a dollar a class. Absolutely. So you can explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com strange. That's two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. You can get started and join today. Head over to Skillshare.com strange. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at Skillshare.com strange.
So do you want to talk about this sleep paralysis incident? When I originally contacted you, I had one story of sleep paralysis, but I had another one too that was in the same area I'm talking about right now, but I'll go back to the first one I had. So the first one I mentioned was like a, like a green moth and uh, the monk with the green mist. Right. Um, it kind of reminded me of that story because mine, I was, uh, I was laying there and all of a sudden I see something in the corner of this room and which was very common in this room. I like I, when I grew up in, cause I would always see shadow figures going across this one corner all the time. And I never really thought anything of it. I was like, ah, maybe it's just like a car light or something passing the road. But this night I specifically remember something coming out of the corner of the room and, and I'm froze. I'm, I'm, I'm froze. And I'm like, what is this? And all of a sudden it turns into like this green, green, like glowing moth. And when I went to like, like a moth, it, I don't know if it was more like a butterfly or moth, but it reminded me of like a moth. It was like, it was, it was glowing. And then it came towards me and I'm like screaming my brother's name. Um, and he's in a bedroom next to me and I'm screaming his name. And I'm like, how can you not hear me? How can you not hear me? And I can't move, you know? And this thing just comes, it comes down and flies in my chest. And I remember going in my chest and I was just freaking out. I don't know what's going on. And I don't know, I don't know how long after it was that I like finally could move, but this was like a really traumatizing thing. And, and I remember like getting up and going in my brother's room. I'm like, did you not hear me screaming? Like, did you not hear me, Kevin? And he's, and he doesn't, he's like, no, I didn't hear anything. Huh. So I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to think about that. Right. Well, I mean, I've certainly experienced something very similar to that. As far as the screaming goes, like I was screaming at the top of my lungs in a house full of people and nobody yeah. heard me. The moth is really yeah, interesting, though. Yeah, what, what exactly is it with a moth like? But why a moth? Like, that's, that's what confuses me. I don't know why it was a moth. It was a moth. That's what it looked like, a moth. And I don't know why. I don't know what that symbolizes, you know? Well, I mean, if you're looking for moth symbolism, there's, there's no end to it from, uh, you know, being a, a night creature to, uh, you know, a caterpillar rebirth kind of thing. I'm sure there's a million yeah. other if you if you just but uh, it's, it's more of a question of what did it mean to you, I guess, or what could it have meant to you? Um, unless it's truly something other, in which case, you know, who knows why it took that form? Yeah. Do you remember any details about the moth other than it being green? Uh, yeah. So I would say if, if I had it in front of my face and, and it, I would say maybe an inch and a half across, it wasn't very big. It wasn't like a huge thing. It was, mm -hmm. it was small, but when it came from the corner of the room and it came towards me, but it didn't go in a straight line, kind of, kind of stopped and zigzagged and it, it was kind of almost like something was flying, but it wasn't, yeah, like I said, it wasn't very big. Then when, and when it went into my chest, what I, what I thought I did, I mean, I'm pretty sure it went into my chest and then it just disappeared. And I guess a few minutes later, whatever, that's when I realized that, you know, I can move and, and I was like, what? You know, that was the first experience I ever had with that. So I didn't know what to think, you know? Right. Yeah. Now, was it kind of a glowing like green? A, like, like a glowing green. Yeah. Like a glowing green, but it wasn't like a bright, a brightness around it. It was just that general area of like, maybe, you know, right around this thing was glowing. It wasn't like the whole room was glowing green. Mm -hmm. So like, as it was flying or whatever, this, this little thing was green, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like glowing the room up. You know what I mean? Right. Right. You could see it, but it wasn't like illuminating anything else. Yeah, exactly. And did you feel anything when it went inside you? No, I mean I didn't feel anything. It it went inside me, and I was still screaming. So, I mean, maybe I thought it was gonna it was gonna hurt me or something. But when it went inside me, I I just 
I was still yelling. And then once I, once I can move, I, that's when I got up and like, I went in my brother's room and I was like, Hey, you know, like, did you hear me yelling? And he, he's like, no, I had no idea. So <laughs> I don't know so, what to think about that. It's weird. Yeah. Well, at what point did you, like, do you remember waking up then? Or did you just go right from seeing this thing to, you know, when you could move standing up and going into your brother's room? Cause that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I ended, like I woke up and then I did that or it just happened. And then I was laying there and got up. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing that's the confused. I don't know. Like it's the whole sleep paralysis thing. Like, I don't know how it exactly works. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I just remember it was like, it was a few minutes or something went by and then, and then I just went up and, and I got up. So I don't know. I don't know if I woke up or I was already up. I don't know. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's the well, thing that confuses me. Well, that's the weirdness of these sleep paralysis events. No, it's really interesting. Really, really interesting. But yeah, that, that bedroom has had a lot of weird things happen. Like something happened to my brother and something happened to my girlfriend recently, which she didn't tell me about until, until I contacted you and I told her I was going to talk to you. And she's like, oh, do, do, that, do you not remember, remember me talking to you about this incident that happened? I'm like, no, not at all. And it's a really weird one. Wow. Well, you're in the right place for that. My very strange too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you want to hear this now, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're talking about that room, we might as well. Yeah. So yeah, uh, before I go in, in the, my brother's incident and my girlfriend's incident, incident uh, one time I was laying on the bed in the same room and my arm is overhanging the bed between the headboard and the mattress. Mm-hmm. And, and this was, it was like, I saw the light on in my room and it was before I was going to bed, I was just laying there just relaxing. And then something pulled my arm down, pulled mm-hmm. down and held it there. Like it, it physically moved my body. And I got up and I was like, my other, I'm like, this is my other brother playing a joke on me. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no way. It got up, immediately looked on the bed, nothing. And I'm thinking, I'm awake. It's the lights on. Like, I don't know what's going on here, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's... I had I had stuff like that happen to me all the time in that room. It was just a weird room. And then my brother, Kevin, he was spending a night in there. And he was... So he said, okay, for some reason, when when you're laying in that bed, something makes your eyes look to the top corner above where a closet was. For some reason, that's where I saw the. That's where that thing came from. That moth thing, uh, thing. That's where I saw the shadow figures all the time. That's where he saw shadow figures. And then it would. Your eyes would be drawn to that. Like no matter where, where the bed was in the room, like it was always drawn to that corner. And he said that he got up one day. So something was telling him to look out the window. And this is what I experienced. Something told him to look out the window. He got up, whatever, looked out the window, and then he saw this giant bat-looking thing. He said it was. He said, was, he said it was a bat. I'm like, you sure it wasn't like a sure it wasn't like a big bird or something like that, you know? He said, no, a giant bat that flew over top of the window and landed on a peak above me. He heard it land on the on the roof. Wow. And I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about that. But he never he never told me this, and I thought he like he never told me this until I contacted you. And I was like, oh yeah. So it's the same thing. Like all these stories, it's it's not like I knew his story beforehand. I knew my girlfriend's story. Like they told me after I contacted you, which is. Like all these coincidences are starting to add up, you know? Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Very interesting. So he just saw that bat thing once. Yeah, he said one time. Did he say about and how big it he, was? Like uh he was saying two two to three feet wide. Hmm. Which is yeah, I mean there's you know, there's uh, I'm like, you sure it was an owl? Because that'd be that would fit an owl range, you know? He said no, he said it was a bat. Like it looked like a bat. Wow. And, and yeah. I, and like the- the large brown bat can get a wingspan of up to about 14 inches. 
but uh, that okay. I think I think that's the biggest bat we have in Pennsylvania. So yeah, two feet is is quite a bit larger than that. Yeah, there's there's been a few times. Well, well, more than a few times. I would say my my late teens, early twenties, is when I was really seeing. I was seeing something standing out by the so the road is about fifty yards, maybe like sixty yards from my window, and something always told me to look outside. So I would look outside in the middle of the night. I would just get up and look out the window. And, and I would always see this black figure standing down there. Not standing, but sitting. And I know, I know, I know how you are with black dog things, but I'm pretty sure this is a black dog or something that used to sit down there. Because we used to have a trash can, and the trash can would sit right next to the road. And, and the road was right there, and there was a big tree. And just to the left of the big tree, a big pine tree, would sit the trash can. And then I used to see this figure, and I'm pretty sure it was a black dog. It was some kind of some kind of something sitting there. And I'm like, maybe coyote. I was thinking like, am I seeing coyotes? Am I seeing neighbor, neighbor's dogs that like, getting into the trash cans? Like, I don't know what I'm seeing. It happened more than once. It happened a handful of times. And I, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know. It, it, the fact that it would, like something made me look out this window. I would get up and I would just have to look out and there was something sitting there. It was always too dark. I could never get detail from it. I could just, right. I could just see something sitting there. You know, and I'm, I always thought like, gotta be like neighbor's dog or I, I mean i think i had a dog back then that but it would have been our dog like it, it was just something that would sit there and, and i would see it and i would just get, i would get back go back to bed like it was like a, just a date not a daily thing but it was like a normal thing for me but yeah and then my girlfriend i think it was i want to say it was in may or june of this year it, it was sometime in like summertime or early summer but there was a big a big storm and we were we were sleeping in my my room, and uh, she said that I was struggling. It was too hot to sleep in there, and so I went downstairs and slept, which I did. I went and slept on the couch, and then she stayed up there in the room, and, and it was just storming all night. It was rain, thunder, lightning, everything, and she doesn't like being by herself in storms and everything. But like I couldn't sleep; it was too hot there. So she she claims that she wakes up, or well, she says she's sleeping, but she's dreaming. She has a dream that there's something standing down by the road. And this is the same spot that I used to look at, that I would get drawn to. Like the same spot. She, she looks at the window and she sees, this is weird, it sounds really weird, but she sees something in a black cloak with long black like, like hair flowing out of its like cloak with a white mask on. Wow. And I'm, and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, she's like, I had a white mask, like, like a white face, like mask she said mask mm-hmm. and then it had the, the hair coming out the side of the mask and it had like a cloak on it like a cloak and she said it was across the road so about 15 feet wide you see this black figure the, the black dog thing I used to see. and she said that was across the road and i'm like well what it would it do she's like it was just staying there and i'm like well it, like how could you see it though because she said it was dark but the thunder and lightning she could see it every time the lightning flashed oh wow so then she said she claims that she goes, she falls asleep again. So she walks over, falls asleep again. Or, or I mean, the whole time she claims she's sleeping or she's sleeping, she's dreaming this. But then she said she wakes up again and like in her dream, walks over, looks up the window and it moved 20 feet farther up towards the house. So now it's standing where I used to see that figure at. I'm like, so are you, are you dreaming this? Or are you like, are you awake? And she says, well, I, I think I'm dreaming. But, but every time, but she said she falls asleep again. And then every time, so this happened four times. She said every time she woke up or, or she started dreaming again, this thing was closer to the house. And, and she never saw it walking or moving, but 
every time she looked out the window, it was closer to the actual house, like to the window. Oh, that's so creepy. And it's just super creepy. <laughs> and she claims that she told me this all happened in the morning. And I don't remember any of this. Like she didn't, I don't like she, she claims she told me, she's like, yeah, then you, you told me like exactly what it was, what you thought it was. And, and I'm like, I don't remember this, you know, like, right. I, I asked her like, do, like, do you think you were dreaming or were you, I mean, did this happen? <laughs> like, were you, were you not dreaming? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a weird series of dreams to have, if, you know, if it was a dream, I mean, not impossible. Yeah. Cause it just would be strange to keep going back to she, sleep and reentering the same place. Yeah. Cause, cause she claims it happened four times. Mm-hmm. And every time it was closer and closer. And, and she did say that it didn't move, but she saw the wind like swaying the, the cloak or whatever she thought it was. She said she saw that moving. So something was moving, but it wasn't the thing. It was like the thing it was wearing. Wow. Or, or, it, you know, like the hair and like the cloak. Did it get close enough at any point where she could discern more details, details of the mask or, or anything? She did say the eyes had like a, like a redness to it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if she, she claims that it's a glow or, but they were red. She said she saw they were red. I'm like, were they, were they self illuminating or were they like when, when the, the lightning struck with, did they make it red or was it always red? And she, she just said they're red. So that's hmm. really the only detail because at the, the last part of her dream, the last time she saw it, it must've been 30 feet away from the window, like not far at all. And second story window. So, yeah. You yeah, wonder that's, if that's, you would have seen it you know, separate from her, if it would have been a black dog and whatever she perceives is, is this thing. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm just wondering if that would be the case. Yeah. I mean, the thing that it's, it's just, it's, it's too much of a coincidence that my brother, myself, my girlfriend, were all drawn to this window and drawn to this spot, specific spot outside. Right. It's just, I, I don't get, I don't get why we're all drawn to that. We also, we also have different things. Mm-hmm. I, I spent the most time in that room, so I saw this black dog thing, you know, a handful of times. But my brother, he, you know, he, he had a room next to me, so he wasn't in this room that much. And my girlfriend, she was only in that room a few times when we were visiting my parents. So the fact that she saw that, and I wasn't in the room, I was downstairs. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. I mean, yeah, it, no, it just it's... freaks me out that we all had, we all looked out the window, and we're all looking at this spot and we see something different. Yeah, exactly. These person really see something, but they see something different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did any other weirdness happen in this house? Uh, yeah. So my parents claim that they had um, experience with uh, hearing and feeling cats walking in the house like that. Cause we used to have four cats growing up. We had two older cats and two newer ones. And uh, it was around, let's see when I was, 18 to 20 something like early 20s um, we had four cats and two of the cats got killed by cody coyotes we believe because we had to find their bodies around the property and the other two just they, they weren't fixed or anything so they just wandered off and never came back so then my parents were like well there's no cats around you know but they would hear like we're all off to college my other my brothers and i so when there was no one home except my parents and they would hear they would hear things walking up and downstairs, like when cats run downstairs and make that, you know, just a little scurry noise. And uh, they would hear that periodically. But then one, one night, they claimed that they were laying there and they were sleeping. It was dark. And they claimed that something jumps on the bed and walks between them like a, like a cat would. And then it lays between them and they, they feel the blankets, you know, sink down next to them. They feel something crawl between them and lay down. <laughs> so that's pretty strange. I don't know. I don't want to think about that. 
But they both experienced it. They both experienced it. And they both claimed it. Yeah, they, they told us, like, they both backed up saying, like, yeah, like, this is what we felt. Uh, we felt this before, you know. Oh, wow. So I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> I never experienced that, though. I never heard anything. I never felt, never heard any cats walking around. I mean, never, none of that. So I don't know. So everything you experienced was in the one room. Yeah, everything I experienced in the house was in the one room. Mm-hmm. I, I never experienced anything else outside that room. So I don't, and, and no one else except, well, my parents, they felt that in a different room. But but my brother and my girlfriend felt everything in this room. And my brother had a room right next to me, my twin brother, and he never felt anything. He never experienced anything in that room. But when he went to my room, that's when he experienced things. So, Did your brother ever experience sleep paralysis that you know of, separate from these events? Just uh, no, just just the times where he saw like shadow figures. So he, he said he just saw shadow figures and he wasn't paralyzed with fear. He wasn't nothing like that. Just he just saw these things on the wall and you know it freaked him out. But he, he never he claims he never had any sleep paralysis experience. So mm-hmm. the shadow figures but, he was seeing same house or does he? Does yeah, he same see- house, same same bedroom. Uh, okay, all right. Hmm. But no sleep paralysis. Interesting. No. Yeah, you just wonder if this is the different people's experience of the same thing. You know what I mean? And like how yeah. one person perceives it differing from another. It's very, very interesting that everyone's experiences are kind of similar, but different. Yeah, I wonder if he would have spent more time in that bedroom if he would have had any more experiences. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. Yeah, because like, yeah, so that's because he had nothing else happen to him in the other room next to him. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Because I spent the most time in the room that weird things happen to me, you know? Yeah, at some point I'd have been like, hey, let's switch rooms for a while. Uh, yeah, I should have. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nights I actually, a lot of nights I just couldn't sleep in that room. I just felt like there was something, I felt like there was something not watching me, but like, I felt like it was something in there. Because like I said, my eyes were always drawn to that one spot. Right. And, and my girlfriend, I forgot to mention, when she had her experience, her nightmares or whatever it was, that thing, she said that every single time she felt like something was watching her. There was something in her. And so she was like staring at the wall. And the wall was like a foot away from her. She was afraid to look back. Because she thought she thought something was staring at her in there. Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if, if that was happening. And then she would fall asleep. And then she would dream about this thing she was seeing. But she, she did mention that she thought something was like watching her. That she right. was not looking behind her. She was looking towards the wall that the bed was against. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something seems to be going on there. It's very interesting. Yeah. You want to talk about the White Rocks thing? Yeah. So what happened at White Rocks, Keith? So this was about back in November, so it wasn't that long ago. Um, I was coming back from a trip from Atlantic City with my brother, and uh, I decided to meet up my, with my friend who lives pretty close to White Rocks Trail, probably 10 minutes. And he's a big uh, mushroom hunter, forager. So we're like, hey, let's go for some mushrooms. You know, it's it's just still out there. There's, you know, we're gonna do some searching and, um, but it's getting late. Like we get out there and we only have about an hour daylight. So like, whatever, we're going to hike in, we're going to hike in, we're going to go up the top, uh, by the rocks, the ridge and, you know, put up a hammock and just hang out for a little bit. Cause you know, it was, it was like 50 degrees. It wasn't too, it was, it was pretty warm for that time, that time of year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after hanging out for about like 30 minutes, took some good photos and stuff and it gets windy. It's, I mean, it was windy like really windy up top by the rocks down below was calm. So we got in there. Like, oh, this is really nice. Beautiful. Get up there. Super windy. <laughs> and which 
I didn't find that weird because it's a higher elevation. So right. Yeah. Top of the ridge, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was dark by the time we left that place. Didn't have any headlights because we weren't expecting to be out there that late. So we, we get our cell phone lights. We're walking down. So if you're walking back down the trail, uh, the wind was coming from the right, which would be the opposite side of the ridge, like okay. the side that's in the opposite side of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not super familiar with the, with the layout, but so yeah, it was coming from the other way towards the parking area, I guess. And okay. it, it's dark at this point. And uh, we hear, like, we're walking, and we're just about to dip down the steep section that brings you down to the cars. But it's, we're still on the ridge with all the big rocks. And we hear he's like, we hear he screams. He's like, I, I, I said it was like a female shriek. And then it was two in a row. So it was one, and maybe five seconds later, it was another one. And then we stopped dead. And my friend who's in the back, he's, um, he's like the 20 yards behind us, whatever, uh, my brother and I. Mm-hmm. He says he didn't hear it. And he, I'm like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? He's like, did I hear what? I'm like, did you hear that like scream, like that shriek, like that, like somebody yelling or something yelling? And he's like, no, no. So we hang out for another few minutes and we hear another one. And he immediately he was like, oh, that's a coyote. That's a coyote. I'm like, no, that's not a coyote. Like I, I've, I've heard coyotes before. I mean, I, I live where I grew up at. There was a million coyotes running around. You hear them all the time. Mm-hmm. It was not a yip. It wasn't a yell. It was a screech, like a, like a scream like a screech wow and, and i thought that i thought it was strange because the wind was so strong i mean all you heard was wind and then the fact that we heard a scream that was crazy we're like what was that <laughs> i mean we didn't have any flashlights all we could see was our phones you know mm-hmm. and and we I, we probably hung out there for five minutes and we heard it the, the two initial screams and then the one a few minutes later and it came from the, the same area which was down the other side of the ridge. But I couldn't tell how far it was because the wind was, the wind might've carried it farther than, you know, like the wind might've carried it uphill and might've been in the bottom. I don't know. Right. That was really strange. (laughs) So it came from the direction, like the opposite direction from the parking lot then, if you're on the ridge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Like if you start the parking lot, you walk up and then you walk the ridge Mm -hmm. and then there's a nice little area. You can put like hammock and there's people climb back there. But then Mm -hmm. when when you're coming back down, yeah, so it came from the opposite opposite side of the ridge. Okay, yeah, so that's over towards Camp Tuckahoe. Very interesting. That's uh, Chad and I are. We need to get in that valley. We've been saying we want to penetrate through that valley there and see what we can see. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. With the one with uh, Chad and when Chad and his buddy went there, they went down into the valley, correct? No, they went up to the ridge and they followed the ridge up to the AT turned around and came back across the ridge and that's when they got screamed at. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought they went down. I thought they went down to where the, the screams were coming from, where I thought they were coming from. No, okay. Chad's uh, yeah, been down in that valley before, but he said he basically just popped up like from one, one mountain to the other. He didn't really get down in there and explore much. So we, uh, we're oh, okay. Okay. Pop down in there and really poke around. Um, I don't remember what kind of screams did he hear? He heard like a roar, like a extremely loud, like roar kind of thing. He, he said it was like a roar. Okay. Yeah, v- very low, very loud. And uh, yeah, he, you know, by the second time he heard it, he said he got the feeling that it was telling him get out. You know, get out or you're going to get hurt. So he split. Yeah. Um. What kind of weather was it? Was it decent for him? I can't remember. It's been a while since I listened to the show. Yeah, I think it was. If I remember correctly, it was. It was a 
pretty warm spring day, if I remember what he told okay. me. And I might I might have that wrong. As far as the wind and stuff, I'll have to ask him because because I don't you know I don't really remember. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But uh, yeah, man, coming down that with just cell phone lights—that that was a challenge and a half. I did it, that it, it, it a was. night hike up there on uh, the solstice, and uh, that was—it was quite challenging with uh, even with headlamps and and I have a light attached to my walking stick. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I do enough backpacking where I always have a headlamp, always. And I I do night hikes all the time. I mean, I've hiked in all over the country, everywhere, and like so, I'm used to hiking in rocky terrain and you know, in, in rough areas. And so, um, so it wasn't a problem for us, but the fact that we just had cell phones wasn't the I- most ideal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I found it a challenge coming back down just at night because, you know, we just had yeah. very little light. No, that's really super interesting. Really, really interesting. I'm, I'm excited to share the story with Chad. He'll be, he'll be uh, super psyched to hear it. Uh, yeah. My friend, he, he grew up there. I mean, he lived you know, not even 10 minutes away and I asked him, like, did you ever have any weird experiences here? Because he goes, that's like his spot. He goes there all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And I'm like, have you ever experienced anything? He's like, no, never. And, I mean, he's, he's been there for 20 years at least. Right. So that, that, I, thought, I thought that was strange. I'm like, and, and I didn't, I don't think I heard, I don't think I heard Chad's story before that. I'm pretty sure. So like, I, you know what I'm saying? That, I thought that was strange. Yeah. And maybe it did. I don't know. Because that, that was, the se- was the second time I was there. Yeah, that was the second time I was there. So I was there before that, and I had nothing happen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've been there a few times with nothing. Uh, the night yeah. of the solstice, we we got up top, heading up to the AT, and and uh, right at midnight, we looked down into that valley, the same valley, but this is up closer to where it meets the AT, and there's lights mm-hmm. in there. And it's like, what is that? Just really dim yeah. kind of lights that... Uh, and actually, I saw two side-by-side red lights that, that looked like eyes. I'm not saying that's what they were, but that's what, what was down in there, two side-by-side red lights. It was bizarre. And uh, after, it was a very nice, like, peaceful hike until about that moment. And then I was just like, oh, man, because I realized we're, I don't know, you're, what, over a mile away from the parking area up on top of that ridge. Yeah. And it's slow going. 
Like if we, if we need to get out of there quick, at least with me, that's not going to be quick. And I got to pick my way through that stuff. So that freaked me out a little bit, but no harm came to us. It was okay. But it was weird that's to see, see lights down in there because there's nothing down in there in that valley. I wanted to like, what, what's the nearest house to that area? Because when you're up there, you can see light from the distance. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really know the area that well, so I don't really know how far on a trail you can go without seeing a house. Yeah, it depends how far, what direction you're looking in, basically. You know, down in that, that valley we're talking about, I don't think there's anything down in there. But if you can look around and you can see different towns from the area. In fact, I thought I was seeing weird lights like up on the AT, but I was actually seeing there's a town beyond that. You know, I was kind of seeing lights. I'm, I forget which town yeah. it is. I'd have to look at a map. And we did see, now it was like eight degrees or something that night when we were doing that hike. Well, it was, okay. that's, that's it was cold, cold yeah. but we saw what yeah. additional lights on the AT, which had to be headlamps. They had to be, you know, human. These were much brighter, much more distinct, and much more people-looking lights. You know, they just looked like man-made stuff, and uh, they didn't act weird or blink out or anything. Or they were, but those look, those appear to be on the AT, which I just thought was weird. I'm like, who else is up here in this weather? Yeah, especially when it's eight degrees. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they didn't come closer. They must have been sitting wherever they were, you know, cause th- those lights didn't come closer and didn't look to be moving around or anything, but they definitely looked man-made. So we assumed that that was yeah. just people, you know, hanging out on the AT for whatever reason. We couldn't see a fire either. So I don't know how they were keeping warm in that weather. That's you know? true. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I enjoy doing night hikes and like, I'm looking for cold weather right now, actually like cold snowy weather to do some hiking, to do some camping. And mm-hmm. uh, I never see anybody out there like this time of year. Like I go in February all the time. No one. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, my I'm brother and I usually, but much prefer winter hikes. But yeah, it's you, you rarely see people. It's just uh, yeah, and, and especially like I said, at midnight on the winter solstice out there, and you know, eight degree weather. But uh, yeah. anyway, no, that was a really cool story. Very, very cool, Keith. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Uh, I'm actually, I think I actually might be going there next Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, really? That. Sweet. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually going to Atlantic City for a few days with my brother and my aunt for my like, birthday type thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would call my friend and see if he wants to go out. Cause if he's around, I definitely want to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, it's, but it might be later. It might, it might be later on Wednesday night. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that, uh, that much hiking, but I would like to go back up there and just hang out for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Well, let us know if you see anything. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of stories about some weird screams. My family has heard up North, uh, at, and then I have uh, a couple stories about my camp, some weird things that happened there up north. All right. Okay, so this one happened in Ridgeway, which is part of the PA Wilds up north. My uncle's fiance and my cousin's son, who is two and a half or three years old, I can't remember. This happened, I think it happened last year. So I just found out about this a few months ago. Like, so they were out there uh, fishing, like they were fishing in and doing stuff, you know, springtime stuff, April, May. And they had a camper parked up there. Like, I guess they have a property. They bring their camper a lot. They do a lot of fishing and stuff there. So they're outside. It's nine in the morning, and they're yelling in the woods, making echoes. Like, because my little cousin, I don't want to say his name, but my little cousin, he's yelling, yelling. He's trying to make echoes. But mm-hmm. then my uncle's fiance is yelling, too, and they're just having fun. It's early in the morning. There's no one around. And then they hear two loud screams like loud like roars and they said it was no human it was no hunter no fisherman 
it was something that that just completely filled the woods with noise. It was, it was a roar, they said. Mm. And, and, and it, it scared them so bad, they, they both ran back into campers. They would not leave. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, well, I, I mean, there's no one else up there. I mean, it's, it's that's what they said. Like, they know who, who, who's usually there, and there's no one there. Yeah, those and roars, then, they freak people out when they hear them, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Another incident happened in the same area. So my my cousin and his, uh, my good friend, they were going coyote hunting. And I guess they do this a lot up there. But I, I'm not really, I don't really coyote hunt. So like, I don't know how it works, but I guess you bring, you bring like a red light or something. So like they, they, they can't see your light. I don't know how it works. But mm-hmm. so they go there, they're, they're walking out there and they're coyote hunting. And, I, and apparently if nothing calls back in 10 minutes or 15 minutes, then there's nothing around. But you, they had the wounded rabbit scream or whatever they're playing. So nothing, nothing calls, nothing, nothing's coming in. So they said, let's go back to camp. Like, there's nothing out here. I think it was a 15-minute walk back. So as they're walking, they hear something bipedal following them. We're not following them, but it's walking alongside them. And pacing them, yeah. And they say it's it, pacing them. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, pacing them. And they don't know what it is. They, they say it's loud enough to where it's, it's not a deer. It could be a bear. But it's, every time they stop, it stops. Mm-hmm. And they say it's loud enough it's, it's, that they think it's close, but they can't see it. And, and this happened for the whole way back, 15 minutes to the truck or whatever they had. And they were freaked out. They said this thing was pacing them. It was loud. It sounded bipedal. They don't think it was a coyote. They don't think it was a bear. They don't think it was a deer. And they, they don't know what it was, but it scared them really bad. And they're both experienced outdoorsmen. So I don't know. I don't know what they, what they saw, but that's kind of freaky. And that's yeah. in the same area that they heard, they heard the roar around, around the same time of year, I think, too. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. When I talked to them about it, like, they didn't even really want to talk about it because I think we're, we're sitting around a fire and they were like, they're telling us some, some stories and they, they told us this, but they were really, they didn't really want to talk about it because they were, they were that afraid of it, whatever it was. Wow. Which is, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because I know, yeah. I know the, how they're, they're, they're outdoorsmen. They, they, hunt, they hunt all the time. They fish all the time. I mean, I know they're not afraid of the woods. And, and they were freaked out about it. Yeah, I definitely run into that before. And sometimes I wonder if it's not, you know, people who enjoy the outdoors so much that they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be confronted with this idea that, like, whatever's out there, you know, something's out there, whatever it was. Let's let's say, you know, we don't know what it was, but whatever it was yeah. was enough to freak them out, you know. And uh yeah. I've I've met a lot of hunters and stuff, and and that's kind of the impression I get. It's it's not so much that they don't want to tell the story; it's that they don't want to acknowledge it because they don't want anything to sort of ruin their experience out there. They enjoy it so much. I think that is part of it, yeah. Because if they think that this is what it was, they don't want to like. Well, I don't want to be out there because I know there's something there's something out there. You know, yeah. I, mean, yeah. you know I know them. It's not going to deter them. It's not going to deter them away from doing the things they want, but it definitely freaked them out. That's, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Because when I'm talking, I can tell that there's fear in their voice that something happened to them and they can't explain. It. Right. And I think that the fact that they can't explain it is also why they don't want to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to sound like they're crazy. Yeah, that can be definitely. But I mean, it, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The stuff that happened on my camp, it, it's funny because my parents, they bought the camp a few years ago. And it's, it's directly in the middle of the Alleghenies Forest. So we're, I mean, we're out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And right, directly behind the camp is, is national forest so you, you can walk back a few miles and then not see the road but they claim and 
they don't believe in like they don't believe in Bigfoot and all that stuff, but I think they're open to the idea of something out there. But they claim that they heard wood knocks. The first day they were the first day they went and saw the cabin if they bought it, they hear wood knocks up in the hillside. And they said it it sounded like somebody was hitting a tree with with wood, but it wasn't like an axe hitting the wood. It's like wood on wood. Mm-hmm. And was, I'm like, well, the timber company owns uh, they own trees up there, and they they go up there every five years and they cut trees down. But and they're using chainsaws, and and they said there was no one, there was no tracks, there was no one up there. The gate was closed, so I don't know. If they they were freaked out about it, and I thought that was pretty interesting because it was the first day that they went up and like basically moved into the cabin. So it was my my parents and my one of my older brothers that went there, and they didn't know what it was. <laughs> that Welcome was little, to the forest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's all I think of. Something was telling them, "Hey, we're here," you know. Yeah, like, we're up here in that in that area where they heard wood knocks. I mean, we we have truck hands. We heard we we see every animal in Florida: some bobcats, fishers. The fishers are hard to come by. Bear, turkeys. I mean, everything. <laughs> so like, I know there's some weird animals up there, <laughs> but. <laughs> The same uh, cabin, my mom and I were out trying to get star photos, and there's a field next to us, and that area is super dark, so like you can see Milky Way any time of the year. So we're like, all right, we're going to get some star shots, and she's trying to learn photography. So we're out there. It's around between 11, 30, midnight, but the, the clouds were rolling in and out, but it was mainly clear, but we couldn't get a good shot. It was just a few clouds in, in the distance. So we're sitting there. The camera's uh, pointing up in the air. We have all the lights off so we can see better. I look down, I'm, I'm changing the shutter or something on the camera. And then I click it, look up, and, and the sky is completely covered in clouds. And in two seconds, like, I would say five seconds earlier, there was nothing in the sky. It's crystal clear. So that's, I was waiting for the sky to clear and clear. Click the shutter, look up, and there's, it's completely full clouds. <laughs> hmm. So my mom's like, did you, just, did you notice that? I'm like, yeah, like, there was the entire sky full of stars. Five seconds ago, we both looked down, clicked the button, look up, completely covering clouds. So I don't know if that's like meteorological or what, but that I thought that was pretty strange. She was freaked out about it. You don't have any weird <laughs> stuff with uh, getting back to camp later than you thought or anything that night, do you? What do you mean? Like missing time. That's what I'm getting at. You don't have uh, any... no, I, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, because like uh, we we went to, we went inside the camp and my dad already he went to bed. So all the lights were off, and it, it, we just saw it was strange that. We looked down and looked back up, and it was completely, I mean, it was completely all clouds. And it was mm-hmm. stars not even five seconds before that. So, I mean, there could have been missing time. I don't, I don't remember lo- checking. I don't remember looking at the phone or looking at a clock when I went inside the cabin. But we just thought it was super strange because I know that area. I mean, the clouds can roll in quick, but not that quick. And it, it's a big field. So it's right. not like we have trees 20 feet in size. I mean, it's a 200-yard wide field up and down. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. strange but that general area is just strange anyway it's just dark and weird like the whole forest i've heard a lot of pretty uh weird and interesting stories from allegheny for sure yeah and, and all the people i know live up there they have some weird stories mm-hmm. like just just weird wood stories you know, you know how it is yeah exactly this, this happened in montana we were, kevin and i were hiking my brother we're hiking up to this uh this creek called big creek lake it's in montana it's in the a wilderness area Mm-hmm. And we, we, well, this is the first thing. So we find a couple of tracks. We find one track on the trail, probably 13, 14 inches. I mean, it wasn't huge, but it was in a mud on the trail, single track. And then we find another track by our campsite, maybe 200 yards away. And, and it's behind this one, 
it's behind a bush and it's a huge track. It's weird. It's like an indent in the, in the dirt, but we don't quite think it's, you know, uh, exactly footprint, but it looks like a footprint. So then fast forward another year and my girlfriend is with us this time. We are in the same spot, camping in the same spot. It's midday. Some lady comes up behind us and she, she's like, Hey, she scares us. We're, we're like sitting by the lake. She scares us. She says, Hey, is it okay if I can't back to you guys? I've been walking all day and I'm by myself and I don't want to continue on a trail and, and not be able to find a spot. And she sounded kind of anxious. She was in her like early sixties. We're like, yeah, it's fine. And so, you know, she, she gets her tent set up and this is like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, we don't see her the rest of the night and we're, we're thinking, where did this lady go? Well, it's around midnight. We're taking star photos and we hear something in the water. There's a little creek that flows into the lake and it's 40 yards away from us. So it's not too far away. We hear something walking in the water. We're like, what is this? So we, sh- we shine a light through it. Don't see anything. It just happened for five, 10 minutes, nothing. So we're like, okay, whatever. It's nothing. We're sitting by the fire, all three of us. My girlfriend and I go back in the tent. We're like, it's getting late. We're going to bed. My brother Kevin is out by the fire still. And I must not have been in the tent for more than two minutes. We hear and feel the ground shake next to us. Like something is running or walking outside the tent. And we feel it and we hear it. And, Ke- and Kevin's like, did you guys feel that? And do you hear it? And we're like, yes, he felt it on the ground. And he said, what was that? And like something just ran by the tank. And he had a fire gun and everything, didn't see it. So <laughs> at this point, we're like, something must have crossed the creek, stood there for a while, and then ran up next to our tent and just, just ran off. Mm-hmm. And we're like, it had, it had to cross this lady's tent that was only 15 or 20 feet away from us. It was very close to us. She had to, she had to felt it. It had to run right next to our tent to get through there. So. We end up, we end up following this thing. We run over, we see eyes. So we see, so we see something. We see the eyes with our flashlights or with our uh, headlamps. And then we see it's 20, 30 yards away. And all of a sudden disappears. So we, we follow the trail that's over there. See it again. And it's, I think it's five, six feet off the ground. I mean, that, that's what I was guessing the eyes were, but those brushing trees, everything in the way. Mm-hmm. And we get about 30 or 40 ways. 30 yards away from it each time. So we're close enough. We can see it with the headlamps, but not quite close enough to see it like any definition. And what is it? Are you getting eye shine off of it? Or you can, you actually see its eyes in the headlamp? We're, we're just seeing, uh, we're seeing the, when we shine the light on it, we're just seeing the eyes, the eyes shine back. Mm-hmm. But we don't see any, like the eyes aren't glowing besides when we shine the light on it. Right. But yeah. I estimated the eyes were six to eight inches wide apart. So not like crazy far apart, but far enough. It, it could have been a deer or elk or something, but this thing, it, we see it three or four times, and it finally just takes off. It's gone. We hear it running away. And we're like, okay, what was that? No idea. Go back to camp, and we're all contemplating what it was. They're saying they think it was a mountain lion. I'm like, maybe it was a moose, an elk. I mean, we couldn't tell. We didn't hear a snort. Nothing like that. So I don't know what that was. But we, uh, the, the next morning, the lady's not there. Her tent's there. Didn't, didn't see her at all. We're there half a day. Still didn't see this lady. No idea where she went. There was no sign of her making a fire, no sign of her leaving. We didn't hear her leave. We didn't see her. So this lady was there for, I don't know, almost 24 hours. Didn't see her after we initially saw her. And this thing had her run right next to our tent, next to our tent. So I don't know what that was about. But So you never yeah, saw her again? I don't know. <laughs> never saw her again. Hmm. And this lady, I mean, she had, she had have heard this. I mean, we didn't, I don't think she even stayed in the tent. 
We didn't see her move at all. So it's just so strange. I don't know what happened to her. We saw her one time. And she was, that's where she made a tent and then disappeared. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, so I don't know. That was, that was a weird story. We don't know what happened to her. But so when, when you ever cleared out, her tent was still there then? Yeah, it was still there. <laughs> so there, I mean, we looked for tracks around it. Like, we didn't see tracks of her. We didn't see tracks of whatever that thing was we saw. I mean, I don't know, because they think if, if it was a mountain lion, we wouldn't even heard it. You know, it was, it was snuck by us. But, the, you know, the, the roots from the pine trees around us, the, you know, when you walk them, they vibrate. You can feel, you can feel a move. So mm-hmm. whatever it was walking that, we felt the ground shake. We heard it. And we heard just thump, 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 thump. And we heard running. So we, we saw something, we found it, but we don't know what it was. And the fact that this lady wasn't there, it was just a creepy night, you know? Yeah, that's really weird. Super creepy. What color was the eye shine you were getting off of it? Green. They were green. Hmm. And like I said, I, I, I'm going to estimate the eyes were six to eight inches apart, but at that distance, it, it was hard to tell. But mm-hmm. I, so I think whatever it was, it was a big, it was a big animal, but I couldn't tell how, how tall it was. I couldn't tell if it was on four legs. It, it was hard to tell. But yeah, it was, it was a creepy night. Yeah. I'm actually a little concerned for that lady. I'm wondering if she ever got out of there. Yeah. Or if yeah, she was I mean, this something thing had, else. Yeah, it, it was strange. She she walked up, she was winded, almost like, I've been hiking all day, I'm lost. But she didn't seem like she, like she was desperate, but she was like winded, like, hey, like, you know, it's a cold, I camp here. Mm-hmm. And it, it was mid-afternoon. It's not like she ran out of time. She had plenty of daylight. It gets dark there at 10, 1030. Right. It, it was strange to us. Yeah, that's lady, a, I don't know. I don't, weird. That's a weird night. Yeah, I mean, because the the thing the thing we saw, I mean, that wasn't as weird as what the lady is like the whole lady thing. We just didn't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. So, Whenever that, that was a strange part for me. When it ran off finally after you guys kind of were getting close to it, did it sound like something running on two legs? I, I thought that it initially sounded like it was something two legs, but but every time we we scared off to a different like a farther position, it was just making too much noise in the brush. So I couldn't I couldn't exactly tell if it was on four or two legs. Mm-hmm. But initially, I thought it was something on two legs. It just had like a, like a like a guy running next to you, like stomp, 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 stomp. Like it felt like it was heavy thuds. Like it wasn't like a, a um, like a deer running next to you. You know, it, it didn't sound like four legs. It sounded like something stomping. Once we kept tracking it, it was just it hit too much brush. We couldn't really couldn't really hear. You know, it was just uh, it was muffling the noise too much. Right. Yeah, I don't think that's a mountain lion. Maybe a bear. Bear can have green eyeshine. I mean, if it's, you know, if, if we're looking for a natural explanation, maybe a bear. But uh, I don't, yeah. like you said, See, I don't, I, I don't thinking, think you would have even heard that a mountain lion go by you unless it wanted you to hear it. Yeah. That's what I was telling my brother and my girlfriend. I said, I don't think it was a mountain lion because it would have been a lot more stealthy than that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if, because whatever animal that we were following, it was, it wasn't just running away. It, it would stop and watch us and we watch it. And then it would move 20 or 30 yards deeper into the woods and, it was stopping and so it was interesting in us, but it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't, it didn't make any noises. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been a bear. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't think the eyes were any higher than five feet above the ground or five right. feet above the ground. Right. Unless it jumped on something, maybe a little taller. We couldn't tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, very strange though. Especially the, yeah, I, I just thought it was a strange, strange thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's just a weird night when you put the, uh, the old woman in the equation too. Very strange. It's not an easy hike to get to LA. Like, it's a ten mile hike up, ten mile back. So, I, I, I thought it was strange that she was in her early sixties and she was doing it by herself. Mm-hmm. First of all, because that's it's, it's not it's not a good hike for anybody. It's, it's pretty difficult. A lot of a lot of uh, climbing, a lot of hiking. Isn't it strange though to be that far out in the wilderness and still run into people here and there? 
Yeah. Like some of the places yeah, I mean, Chad and I go where we, we end up seeing a person out, you know, when we're out, you know, however many miles from nowhere, I'm like, wow, what are the, you know, the chances that we're all here at once? Yeah. I, I've, I've been a place in Montana where you get the bushwhack for three or four miles after you get to the farthest point where people stop and, and, and you'll see somebody here and there. And you're like, how do you even, how? Cause right. I'm struggling to get here. I'm, I'm in shape. And, and then I see you up here and you're carrying a lot more than I am. Like, it's wild. So yeah, you're right. You do see people, you do see people farther out than you expect. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a strange when you do too. I and mean, they're always surprised too. And they, if, you know, if they're close enough to see us, they're always like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I actually had a, uh, I kind of with a wolf one time in Montana. I was camping next to a lake and the lake's called Elk, Elk Lake, which lives up so named. We see a lot of elk there. And uh, I was fishing at nine in the morning and this, this wolf, young one, was chasing, was swimming across the lake after a young elk. And, and I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was, I saw like a white looking thing and I was like, there's something following this elk. They're, they're swimming. It was, you know, 10 feet behind it the whole time. Like, what is going on here? So once it gets on the land across the other side of the lake, which is a couple hundred yards long, it's pretty big. I see it's a wolf chasing an elk. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, this is wild. I'm, I'm fishing on a little rock. I have a trout on the end of my line splashing in the water. And I'm like, I'm trying to film this thing happening. And I'm like, this is crazy. I've never seen this happen before. So the elk eventually gets away. It, it swims across again. And the, the wolf just got too tired. And it ran on the shoreline and eventually saw me. I was probably like 70 yards away from it at this point. Saw me and it just trotted away. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. You know, it's always amazing when you're out there and you get to see something that rare. You know, nature just gives you these scenes here and there. Yeah. Well, Keith, thanks so much for sharing your stories. You're welcome. So we were just talking to one of our friends about the possibility of adopting a dog and one of the parts of the adoption was that you have to have a program in place. A training program. A training program. And I was like, oh, 90 days to the perfect puppy. She was very excited to hear about it <laughs> yeah. as well. Where else can you do an online puppy training in this kind of... Yeah, it's great. 90 days to the perfect puppy is set up for that already. If you're getting a rescue and that's one of the requirements, there you go. Online training is perfect in this time where not everybody can get out mm-hmm. and go get in-person training. Adopting a dog can be one of the best decisions you'll make in your life, but it can be frustrating. It can leave you overwhelmed. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you with a relationship-based approach to training. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group, one-on-one options. Find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They'll teach you what to do, and they will also teach you what not to do. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. I'd like to thank our patrons who make Strange Familiars possible. Thank you very much, patrons. Last week we talked about the patron show we did in August that had all the extra content as regards to the cave and the surrounding area and the weirdness that surrounded it, including the Headless Woodchopper, which I'm counting as a Flannel Man account, an early Flannel Man account. They didn't say what he was dressed like, but he was a woodsman. 
He didn't know what he was dressed like. Because <laughs> he had no head. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the explanation. <laughs> also, I don't know that I would trust him to chop the wood for, you know, like if we're in a, like a mutual campsite situation, I'll take over the chopping for the evening. You rest a little bit. Mr. Headless Woodchopper. Mr. Headless Woodchopper. We do one full extra show a month for our patrons. Often we do more than one. There's been months where we've done three, I think. I think Mm -hmm. one month we even did four. We're approaching 60 patron episodes now. So So if you're into binge listening or you have some incredibly boring task you'd like to make less boring by binge listening... Yeah, you get almost 60 episodes the minute you sign up at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Check out all the different options there from the basic level on up. There's all kinds of different levels there, and you can get rewards like t-shirts, stickers, and more. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation as well. You can go to the show notes under any episode, look for the paypal.me link. You can click on that and make a one-time donation via PayPal. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media, liking and subscribing wherever you're listening, and by leaving us those nice five-star reviews, which helps get the show in front of new potential listeners. So here we go into the photo of the week. I like this one. It's It's got a lot going on. Yeah, we came upon this in a collection recently, and I snagged it and said, that's a Strange Familiars picture. It is a Strange Familiars picture. And it's a stereo view, which is the title of which is, They Love Darkness Rather Than Light. I know. It's what creepy. could that be? It's an owl. Do you know what kind of owl that is? No, I should have looked it up. Yeah, that would have been smart. I'm sure someone will identify it for us. But it's a really, really great picture. Now, is that hand-tinted? It is, because you can see there's a slight variation. Like, if you look at the foliage, look how light that is there. And it's a little darker on this side. Yeah, that they're hand-tinted. So someone was paid to do this. Yeah, actually, the, it happens with postcards of that era, too. That was kind of like a home business for women. You know, oh, like okay. To, you know, women don't have anything better to do than... You get paid by the piece. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Like, you probably ended one of those things where you probably ended up owing money at the end. Well, this is a really stunningly beautiful owl stereo view. I really, really like it. And if you have a stereo viewer, it really does have that three-dimensional quality. Which we only got recently. Yeah, I know. We've I've been always... dealing in stereo views for a long time and, and uh, only recently got a stereo viewer. It is pretty good analog fun if you're just bored and you want to see like well i i really like like the exotic locations like where you can look inside a japanese temple or you can look inside a a field of rice somewhere or or see people in another another land from 100 years ago or you know i'm just really taken by this picture the colors are beautiful the owl is really really cool it's a really nice detailed photo if you go to the show notes under this episode You can see a photo of it. You can click on it. It'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this really, really cool stereo view. Do you have a guess what year that's from? Yeah, I can figure it out. (laughs) Oh, wait. It's got a copyright on it. Late 1890s, maybe? It is copyright 1899. Yeah, that would be late 1890s. That is is the late 1890s. So there you go. Uh, 1899 stereo view of an owl. Check it out at strangefamiliars.com under this episode. Also in our Etsy store is the artwork for this episode. I particularly, this is a really nice one. I was really kind of inspired by the glowing moth story. As I'm editing, 
I'm thinking about this story and I'm, I'm thinking about what am I going to use for the, for the show art. And you know, I have like a million Bigfoot drawings. And you actually have quite a few moths you've done in the past. You've done scratchboard moths. I have. I've, I've, I've always yeah. loved moths, but I'm, I was like, I could have easily just thrown a Bigfoot drawing out for this, yeah. the episode artwork. But something about this glowing moth story. So I, I, I feel like I have to draw that. So I went to it and uh, came up with that image for this episode. So you can buy the original art for that at our Etsy store. Lots of other original art there. Pieces from my books. I haven't put anything from Where the Footprints End up yet, but those are coming soon. Okay. So people should keep an eye out for that. I think most of the artwork from Don't Look Behind You is going, except the little pieces. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the little like spot, spot illustrations are still there. Uh, there. There might be a couple of the bigger illustrations from that book I haven't put up yet. But the Where the Footprints End art is coming soon. The cover's already sold. The cover's already gone. But the frontispiece and the spot illustrations for Where the Footprints End I will put up soon. Speaking of which... I think I typed my last word for volume two of Where the Footprints End. Now, people shouldn't Is it get... end? Is it the end? <laughs> the end. People shouldn't get too excited because we still need to do second drafts and I need to do the entire layout for the book and I'm still working on the artwork for volume two. Which and I'm... theoretically someone should edit it. Yes, <laughs> editing as well. I am having a blast doing the artwork. I'm super excited about this book. So still a little ways off. But I'll say at this point, we are on schedule for our proposed date of getting it out by Christmas of this year. Mm -hmm. If it can be out sooner, we'll drop it sooner. A lot of work to do yet, but it was very, very nice to sort of be, feel like I was finished the writing. Just kind of come to an end mm -hmm. with that. And I do have my book following that planned out. I was hit by a lightning bolt of inspiration. Were you actually hit by a lightning bolt and you just don't want to tell me? <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, I had planned on doing something else actually and then okay. this often happens where something just really really moves me and i say and i think well no i have to write that i'm not ready to announce it yet it has to do with pennsylvania folklore that's as much as i'm going to say right now and uh, hopefully it will be heavily illustrated by yours truly that is my goal so we'll see what happens on that one and, and how quickly i can hammer that one out but got to finish the artwork for where the footprints end volume two first i think that's all the news we have so thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more, darkhollerarts.com. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We're on Facebook, which the children say makes us old. <laughs> Facebook. <It does. laughs> Facebook.com slash Strange Familiars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. And we are on Instagram, which I think makes us young. I think that just makes us Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> At Strange Familiars on Instagram. Take a Duncan fry, I thoughts freely Duncan
Hansen Fry. flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.